shoes are for you to Hey, I'm Dave Marr. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, the show where I talk to artists and activists about what happens when we die. And we get serious, but we do it with a little smile on our faces. So in this episode, I talk to Dairy Queen, a very funny, very strange, very compelling comedian and drag queen. I am a really terrible. I think I I would th- I think I'm the worst kind of drag fan, which is I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race in November, and even before the quarantine started, I had pretty much caught up on all 15 or so I'm trying to think how many so there's 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 five, well now there's five all-stars. There were four yeah, there were 11 seasons, four All-Stars, one UK. So those 16. Almost all of those episodes before the quarantine started. Have since rewatched many seasons, watched season 12, All-Stars 5, and have not been to a live drag show. Watched plenty of these digital drag shows that have been amazing in quarantine. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a bad drag fan. I think I am the, the worst. Like if I were a drag queen, I would not want a straight white dude who had only seen the RuPaul show to be promoting my art form. But here we are. I hope I can do it sincerely. I think Dairy Queen is so funny. I think you are going to love Dairy the man and Dairy the queen. In this episode, Dairy tells me a little bit of his coming out story. It's a very powerful switch flipped coming out story. And we spend a decent amount of time just talking about the possibility of a potato bar at a funeral reception. So just just keep that in mind. We go deep, heavy into potato material. So Dairy Queen is in a bit of a TikTok viral moment. So you can definitely see her on TikTok, but I know she would rather you go to her Instagram her Twitter at Dairy Queen Ha Ha, and that's Dairy D E R R Y. So at Dairy Queen Ha Ha on Instagram and Twitter. Follow her there. She's very funny. I am at This Is Dave Marr on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow me. Please subscribe to this show. Please rate it. Please review it. Those are little things you can do that will make a big difference in the show. I'm trying to get independently, massively famous. So, Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Dairy Queen. Wait, okay. Is your real name Dairy? My real name's Dairy and my drag name's Dairy. Yeah. Cause you cause I got your email and I was like, wait, okay, I know. This makes it's, sense. It's so confusing. Both my parents are from Ireland. Uh and so Oh shit. Uh yeah. So like I have a very Dairy Connor McDermott is my name. Um, which is the most irish um so yeah yeah, i was like i don't because i'm a comedian you know so i'm like i don't want a drag name that like totally separates my work you know so like i'm always dairy you know what i mean like which that's so smart i love that thank you so yeah i it was and plus dairy queen is like take the dairy part and the drag queen part you put it together and it's also like a recognizable thing so 
in terms of pressure, like coming up with a drag name feels like a lot of pressure. I know, too. I know, it's it's crazy, and like I, it just kind of clicked one day. I was like, oh yeah, that's it. That's that's the name. So that's great. I yeah, love it. it's great. Yes. So in terms of intros, that's how I want to start. I want to do quick intros and three different quick intros. So I'm going to give you scenarios. You okay. tell me how you would introduce or talk about yourself in each of these three scenarios. Okay, okay? sounds good. <laughs> Scenario one is you are in a rideshare with a stranger. Okay. Scenario two is you are at a party meeting a person who seems like a, like they could be a really good new friend. Okay. And scenario three is heaven is real. Christianity was correct. You're standing <laughs> in front of St. Peter at the pearly gates. And he's like, sorry, Dairy Queen. We have a lot of Dairy Queens. Can you be a little bit more specific <laughs> for me? So those are the three situations. Okay. Okay. So all of them are me as DQ, not Dairy McDermott. Well, that's an interesting question interesting, in of itself. Right? However okay. you want to take that. Okay, cool. In the ride share uh, is probably like, uh, like uh, they say like Uber for dairy. And then I get in the car and I look like a clown and they, they are very scared of me. And I say, there's nothing to be afraid of. And they say, okay. And then they drive really, really fast uh, to get to my destination. And then uh, they try to take a picture of me, which has definitely happened before. And uh, if I'm sh- sharing the Uber with somebody or the lift with somebody, they usually ask me a lot of questions like, do I have a penis? And I say, I do, but it's really far inside myself. So that's actually how I introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Great. That's a very intimate uh, ride share introduction. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So what about the party? The party, if it's somebody that I'm trying to be friends with, I'm like, hey. Um, how are you? Uh, my name is Derry and I am actually, um, somebody that's really cool and you should be friends with me. And then we like, kind of like hit it off and then we just like kind of had this bond for like ever. (laughs) And, but, but so let's assume you don't have to like, uh, woo them as a friend at all. You don't have to like impress them. They're just like interested. They're like, Oh, Derry, how do I know you? Like what, who are you? Where do I know you from? It's so confusing because there's two aspects of myself, right? So, like, I'd be like, oh, uh, I'm my name is Derry. I am a, a performer. You've probably seen me around, uh, like, dancing bad on stage. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. It's just interesting what gets kept and what gets left out in an introduction. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, what about St. Peter? Um, with St. Peter, I'd be like, there probably are, sorry that there are so many, uh, Dairy Queens. Uh, I'm not the restaurant. I'm the human. Um, so <laughs> please let me in. Uh, I know I did some really terrible things like being gay on earth, but I can be straight to get into heaven. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. So next question then is what do you hope happens when you die? Um, what do I hope? Um, I hope it like when you go, I hope, I mean, I would hope there's like some kind of like living after death. Like you're not just like in a box in like the ground with like staring at nothing for the rest of your life. Um, so I would hope it'd be like reuniting with all your friends. And like, also you get to like peek down on the people that like you love on earth, but also like, you don't want to like peek down when they're like, 
jerking off and like be like kind of creepy like that you know like mm-hmm. if it's your parents um hope it's like relaxing you know like i hope it's like a nice like beachfront um kind of situation so it sounds like but it's it's reminiscent of earth it sounds like yeah kind of i mean i don't i don't know i don't believe in it so it's sure. kind of hard for, for me to like fully try to grasp it um but i uh hope it's something like that did you grow up with beliefs about it um i grew up very roman catholic very irish catholic um like parents that are like, we should go to church on Sunday because it's a good thing to do, but we're not going to pray before meals and stuff like that. So like, it was always like, you should be good. So you go to heaven, but it was never like, this is what heaven is, you know? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how you imagined it as a kid? Like, were there things that you were like, I bet this is. I always thought it would be like people walking on clouds, Mm -hmm. you know, and like people, the classic, like walking on clouds and like, God is kind of like sitting on this throne, but he's not like a scary dictator. He's like very cool. And like Jesus is to his side, like waiting to go back down to earth, like put me in coach. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, no, you got, you got to wait. You got to wait a moment longer. <laughs> well, what do you, what do you believe in? Oh man. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is too early in the lifespan of the show <laughs> for me to just give away like Everything. what all my, that's really funny. Um, I don't know. I, I have some sort of, uh yeah ugh, what yeah what do i believe in i mean i know what i want you know i just i just want consciousness to continue that's my big thing yeah i just want that i just don't want the fucking it's not unique or interesting but the fucking scariest freakiest thing to me is just like not knowing that you're not there anymore yeah that's very scary and it's like it, it's What's baffling to me is the idea of like, you're alive for like 80, 100 years or whatever on earth. And then like, are you in heaven for eternity as yourself at that age? Like if you die at 80, are you 80 in heaven? Like stuff like that. It's also like, there's so many unknowns where it's like, well, if you're living in eternity in heaven, like, doesn't that get boring? So like, what is There are plenty of problems with it, right? It's like what I would hope happen, like 75% of it is stuff I wouldn't hope would happen. Right, right, exactly. It's it's complicated. It's very complicated. So what about funeral planning? Are there things you know you would like to happen (laughs) at your funeral? Or if not at a single event, like ways you would like people to mourn your death or celebrate your life oh wow that is a heavy question um prob i mean i always picture my funeral to like be like have people who give like amazing speeches (laughs) you know not even like about me but like just like people are like that was a great eulogy you know what i mean okay great like who like people you know i just like picture like my comedy friends to like give i picture like a family member to give like a sentimental one and then like a comedy friend of mine to like give like one that's like, man, this is not a downer funeral. This is pretty awesome. I keep on having like this like reoccurring thought that like now that I'm in comedy, like when my grandma dies, like I'm going to be asked to give a eulogy and it's very scary to me because I'm like, I don't know what to do. So like the idea of giving a eulogy is so scary to me, but I want good eulogies at my funeral. Like, tell, like, I mean, maybe just, like, tell, like, good stories that happen with me and, like, my friends and, like, 
like the crazy shenanigans we got into that makes people like go like oh man what a, that was a crazy guy that was a crazy guy like a real knee slapper you know <laughs> that was a crazy guy yeah crazy guy <laughs> you're just up there in a fucking coffin and everyone's just going oh that yeah. was a crazy that, little guy oh that guy was awesome we we missed that guy <laughs> okay have you thought about decorations music um i would love like a great buffet you know mm. like hopefully what pro- counts as a great buffet just like a great everything is there we got breakfast if you want breakfast we got lunch if you want lunch we got dinner if you want dinner it's kind of like post covid we don't have to worry about like the germs of buffets anymore you know like everyone's all healthy again so you can just go in there with your hands and kind of just be like not to worry about it get your little tongs and be like i I want scrambled eggs, but I also want like, you know, like a burger. And I want like, I want everything you can imagine. Um, I want people to be able to enjoy their time at at the, at the funeral, you know, because there's always like that, like after party, that's just kind of like a downer where the people bring like Chick-fil-A, like platters and like stuff like that. And I'm like, I want like a full ass buffet. Okay. I want like people to live the, live their life through me as a buffet. That is amazing. I do like that. Yeah, right? Like, I want all my favorite food as a buffet so pe- people can, like, enjoy what I enjoyed. What are those things? Um, You know, I love a good potato. I'm a good Irish guy. Um, So, like, any kind of potato, like, slice and dice. We got baked. We got fry, French fry. I also, like, really love, like, um, a good, like, Arnold Palmer, like, drink. I love a good iced tea. Uh, maybe, like, okay. a little bar where you can, like, put anything in there you would like. Um, I just kind of love the idea of like having like a full like potato section. You know what I mean when I say that? Mm-hmm. Like, just like yeah. dive on in with like any kind of potato that you want. The only damage I have from that is I had a cousin whose wedding included a was it a mashed? Yeah, it must have been a mashed potato bar, <gasps> and and you served it in these um, what are the what are the glasses? The sort of like triangle glasses, like are those Cosmo glasses or like, like martini glasses? Yes, martini glasses. Jesus, yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in <laughs> martini glasses, and I got food poisoning because I think like the bacon bits or something were like undercooked, and so I had to drive back to Chicago from Columbus, <laughs> Ohio, the day on New Year's Day. Um. And it's like a five hour drive and it became a 10 hour drive because I had to pull over at every rest stop to like throw up out of my car. So I have, how'd you know it was the bacon bits? How'd you know? Well, I don't, I didn't know, but I was like the only, the craziest thing was this mashed potato bar. (laughs) So I would be hesitant to participate in another. I understand that potato bar, but I see the, yeah, yours, yours sounds like a different potato bar. I think it'd be like, uh there'll be other things other than a potato bar that you can participate in you know like right. i love pizza i have a tattoo of pizza so i think that would be i have to honor me by having some like all kinds of pizza chicago new york like every type of pizza will be there uh little caesars you know you can like <laughs> pick what you want <laughs> uh and stuff like stuff like that also i love like a good like panini Mm, like yeah, a, a, good a call. pressed sandwich like a, maybe like a little panini bar where people can like make your own panini and like it'll be a little chef there with a little mustache to like press it for you that is that'd classy be, i like that nice. people don't nice. that's not a thing you see a lot but that would be a fucking next level thank you yeah i like that 
That's something you call your cousin and be like, I just went to a funeral where they had a panini press uh, in celebration of the person who died. Yeah, that's an all-timer. That's like, oh, what's the best funeral you've ever been to? It's like, well, I don't know about the <laughs> the funeral itself, but at least the 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 food was so crazy. There was yeah. a, a panini bar. Thank you. And someone's <laughs> like, a what? A panini bar? You're like, I, I know. I had never heard of it either, but it was a fucking panini bar. There you go. I'm just, I'm just here to serve people what they want, even in the afterlife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's up? It's Dave. If you like This Is Your Afterlife, you should go to thisisdavemar.com and sign up for my free newsletter, Hella Immaculate. Every week in the newsletter, I share one, a micro essay about an aspect of creativity or culture like the creative lessons of Drag Race Thailand or the visionary anti-racism of Hoobastank. Two, a hyper-specific playlist, for example, 90s Beach Xanax or Pelot de Don set for 2008 Pitchfork Music Festival after party where I saw Julia Stiles. And finally, a few actions we can take to pour water on our world on fire. Hella Immaculate is a way for me to connect with audiences beyond live venues and across the globe. And it's the best way to learn about classes I'm teaching, podcast updates, eventual live shows, and whenever I'm typecast as a homeless addict again on a TV show set in Chicago. Again, go to thisisdavemar.com to subscribe to my newsletter, Hella Immaculate. As you may know, I'm a DIY operation, so please tell your friends. A hard vouch means everything. Back to the show. This next segment is called Relive One Memory. Okay. Because the premise of this show, this podcast, is rooted in my last like one-man show, which is called Feed Wolf Ice Cream. And the premise of it is that like we are in the afterlife right now mm-hmm. at this show. And so I'm introducing people to features of the afterlife. And one of the features is that you get to completely relive one memory by which I mean you fully drop down into it. You experience all the same physical, emotional sensations. Mm -hmm. You're not stuck in it, but you can choose to relive it whenever and as many times as you want. Wow. So if that is a feature of the afterlife, what memory would you choose? Wow. That's a really interesting question. Thank you. I mean, one of my favorite memories, uh, maybe it's just because I'm talking about in COVID, I just miss performing so much. Like, um, I uh, did a Halloween show last year where I, uh, me and my best friend Lily closed the show out, um, the show that I host at The Hideout, and we did a Phantom of the Opera number, and my friend uh, Lily was singing on stage, and they they had like a breakaway glass and crushed it over her head and she fell and she died. And then I, I came through the audience with a chandelier lit and like this big, like a Phantom of the Opera garb. And all my friends were like pushing people away from me. So they didn't get like lit on fire. And the music was just so loud. And everyone was like, what the fuck is happening? It was like the most like electric, electrifying feeling of us being like, because you know, like the 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 theme to Phantom of the Opera, it's like da dun 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 da. It's like so mm-hmm. big and so grand, and like it was just like the feel. Like, and then I watched the video back, and everyone's face was just like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" And then that's we, amazing. It was so like electrifying, and the show was sold out. There was like 150 people there, and like everyone was dressed up because the Halloween show. My friend was dressed as this big ear of corn, like. 
I was just like walking to the audience seeing all these amazing costumes with a lit chandelier, not chandelier, a candelabra. Right. And just like walking down the aisle and this like people like not knowing that I'm coming and then they like turn around and I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Meanwhile, my friend Lily is on stage like dead uh, and my friend is like dragging her off stage. It was just like such a crazy feeling of like euphoria and also like, I just don't think it can get any better than this because all my friends were in the room and like I was, I was performing one of my favorite numbers I ever did. And like, it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. So it sounds like, so this is, it's a comedy show, obviously, but yeah. it sounds like the moment wasn't even people laughing. It was a sort of flabbergasted. What? Yes. Like, <gasps> exactly. It was like, I love to do things on stage where people are like, how the fuck why how what's what's going on here like what's going mm-hmm. on and i'm like i just love like going so over the top that like people it's like a pr- a bad middle school production put again with like, the budget of like three hundred dollars you know uh that we we get so invested into it and sure the dancing's not great and <laughs> like the lighting's not the best and the costumes are kind of bought offline and they smell like really shitty, uh, like fabric from China. But like <laughs> everyone is just so invested into it that we are just like so happy to be there that it's like a true state of euphoria with like surround sounding, like people being like, what's happening? That's like the best feeling to me. So here's my question to like continue to flesh out this memory. Yeah. How did people not know you were coming? If it's, did people just not know it was the end? I mean, it's your show. So right. how did, how were they not expecting you? So I, the way we set it up was uh, the last performer performed and I always closed the show uh, with like another drag performance. And so my friend Lily was on stage and she was singing uh, Joanna from Sweeney Todd. And she was just like, uh, all right, we're going to close the show by singing Joanna. And so she's like, I feel you, Joanna. And then my friend that's a ghost came out and smashed her over the head. And then she died. And then that's when the dun, 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 dun happened. And I was at the very back of the room. And so no, everybody was looking at the stage and they were like, what the fuck is happening? And then I'm all my friends are like, kind of like escorting me down the aisle because they didn't want anybody to get caught on fire, especially because they're in like big costumes because it's right. Halloween. And then like, I'm coming and slowly people are like starting to realize as I'm passing them, like what's happening, what's happening. So it was kind of like a, like a wave effect of people being like, this is wild what's happening then like once i got to the front row where like all my best friends were sitting because i always reserved them seats there's like videos of them like turning around being like this is wild this is some crazy shits and it sounds like lily was co-hosting the show so it was believable that lily would close the show on her own absolutely and like the whole other bit of our show is like lily's kind of like the sidekick who's trying to ruin the show all the time. And I'm always the one like, get the fuck off the stage. Like we, you don't need to be here as like a joke. And so she's like, yep, this is my show now. I'm just going to close the show by singing Sweeney Todd. And then she gets smashed on the head with a vase and on the back, the back screen in big letters, it says, shut the fuck up, Lily. And then somebody, <laughs> dra- so my friend who like, goes dragged her off stage. And then I come down and I'm like holding this candelabra and it's very elaborate and crazy. And so you're, were you s- singing or lip syncing? I was lip syncing because okay. I'm not going to hit those fan, a fan of the opera notes. Well, no right, way. Of course. No way. <laughs> and then what was the, would you say the approach to the stage was a higher high than the performance or did it 
maintain its thrill. The approach was definitely the high high because it was like I I first of all I had the candelabra and I forgot my lighter upstairs and I didn't have time to go get it. So I was standing next to the manager of the hideout, uh, Sully, and I was like, I don't have a lighter. And he was like, I'll go find one for you. And he ran around, he got it. And I was wearing, I think I was wearing nails. I can't remember. So I couldn't light it. And he was like quickly lighting it like really quickly for me. And I was like, it's okay. We just won't light it. And he was like, no, we have to light it. So we're lighting it. So I had all this adrenaline. And right when he finished lighting it, it was like time for me to go. So I was like walking down the aisle with it. It was just like this crazy moment of like panic that led into like me walking down the aisle, seeing all my friends. And then like everybody's dressed up and everyone's like going crazy. And Lily's like dead on stage. And like, it was just this crazy moment. (laughs) That's lovely. I love that. And I, and the fact that all the friends are there too, is like, really, I mean, honestly, if that were the way you died, like that would be a pretty good way to go out. Yeah. Exactly. I, I always say I would, there's two ways I want to die. I want to die either performing on stage, like doing something crazy, or I want to die by being in a bathtub, watching my favorite TV show in a TV or like a toaster falls in the bathtub. And like, that's how I die. Like I die like watching my favorite thing, you know? Yeah. Doing your favorite thing or watching your favorite thing. Exactly. <laughs> Super adrenaline or utter relaxation. Very that. My, my two, my two constant modes. <laughs> last big segment here is i'm I, i'm guess i'm calling it what's your coma but okay. the idea here being i know we don't know each other that well but five years ago i was in this coma for a month and from the outside it's the most extreme divider in my life right, right it's like there's right. before coma and there's after coma and i'm wondering right. if you have a similar though not necessarily as extreme moment of transformation mm in your life that feels like a death in the sense that you were one person before and you are another person after. Yeah. I mean, when I came out in college to my family, that was very that for me. Like I, it's a while, it's a crazy story. (laughs) Um, But like, I definitely view it as like pre and then like post coming out, you know, like, my life really started like I I was able to fully I was I never hid who I was I didn't realize I was queer or gay until I realized it in college like I had a girlfriend for a long time and like I loved her and like it was very real and then like I truly just kind of saw this guy um when I was in college who I ended up being friends with but like I saw him for the first time and it like smacked me in the face and I was like oh my God, like, I like dudes. It was crazy. And Whoa, so then, that is wild. It was really, really crazy. And like, I, of course, like growing up, I, I would always be like, oh yeah, he's cute. Or like, she's cute, you know, or anything. But I never had this like strong feeling for somebody. Like, of course, like I loved my, the girlfriend I was with at the time. Um, but it was more of like a best friend who I was like in love with that, like sure the passion was there, but I was always like, something's missing and I could never articulate what it was. It had nothing to do with her and everything to do with myself. And like, when I saw this guy in college, I was like, everything changed for me. Like, it was crazy. Like I told my best friend and I was like, I think I am like attracted and really like this guy. And she was like, 
that's crazy. You need to tell your girlfriend. So then I told my girlfriend and we broke up and I was like, I just need to like discover this about myself. And, and I did. And I was like, I, then I went through a long period of being like, Oh yeah, I'm just like gay. Like I like guys. And that was probably like three years. Like now, like I'm on this journey where I'm like, I identify as queer or like, I like pretty much anybody. Like, uh, it doesn't really matter who you are. Like, um, cause like grow like, in the queer community, like, you get so labeled as one thing, you know, like, you're a gay dude, you're a lesbian, you know, like, stuff like that, like, you're bi or whatever. But for me, I was like, there really is no border on it for me. Like, so there's been many, many, like, realizations for me. So I keep on evolving. But like, definitely that, like, coma moment, like, as you put it was like, realizing that I was attracted to guys and it kind of changed my life. And then like coming out to my family and being like, yeah, my girlfriend and I broke up because I'm questioning my sexuality. I didn't lie to them. I wasn't like, I, we broke up because we broke up. It didn't work out. I lied. I didn't lie to them. I was like, we broke up because I'm questioning my sexuality. And I don't know why I was so honest about it with them. I didn't have to be, (laughs) you know, um, but like, cause I'm, I'm close to my parents, but I'm not like that close with them. But something in me was like, you can't keep this secret from them. Where like, you don't want them to think that you, you and your ex broke up because there was something wrong with the relationship, right? You, I want them, I wanted them to know there was some, it has nothing to do with her, it has everything to do with me, and I'm still figuring it out. And so, how old are you now? I'm 26. So college wasn't that long ago. No, I it was my sophomore or junior year of college. Um, wow. So yeah, it was. I was very not that I was like asexual up until that point, but like I was just very blind to everything. I was just very like kind of like this, and like like I said, like I thought people were attractive and everything, and like I would like watch like porn and everything, but I was never like, oh yeah, this is for me until I saw this guy and like was like what's happening it's crazy what was it about the guy i don't know like it was i like walked i walked into the room where he was and uh he was like talking i don't want to say who it is because i still am in contact with him totally cool (laughs) but um he he was just like so attractive and so confident in himself and so like I didn't know if he was gay or not. And he was like effeminate, but still masculine. And like, it was just such a crazy dichotomy that I was like, maybe like I was attracted to his confidence and being like, that's what I want to be. I don't know. And like, I I am that now, you know, but like, it was just a strange thing. It was like a perfect match of me being like, oh, I think he's cute. I think I like his personality. I can see myself being friends with him. I can see all these things, you know, and I, it kind of like rocked my world. It was crazy. And did you ever, were you ever with this person or he was just the catalyst for you to realize all these things? We ended up being really good friends, um, but I never uh, dated him or anything. No. Does he know that he was this fulcrum? (laughs) No, Whoa, I know. Awesome. I mean, crazy, there's going to be yeah. some point if you guys stay friends for like 20 years, yeah. like there's going to be some point where you're going to be like, Hey, did you actually know that? Uh, yeah. Right. Or am I projecting? I think that's fair to say. I think he 
might know. I don't know. Because, like, he was with me through my coming out process. Like, sure, I didn't tell him that. But, like, he was somebody that, like, I confided in, confided in and was like, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm gay and, like, things like that. And uh, he was, like, one of the first people I told. Like, because that was a whole entire process of me. Like, I broke up with my girlfriend. Everybody thought I was straight straight in quotation marks i mean i'm sure people thought i was like some kind of gay because i'm very effeminate you know i always have been effeminate but like he was one of the first people i told and like he was like oh yeah that's like not a problem because he's straight i don't know he might be a little bit queer i don't know but like he never told me that so i'm just gonna you know err on the side of caution i'm saying that he is for sure for sure uh but yeah so i I never told him that no but i might eventually I, i don't know that's such a, I don't know, that's like kind of magical that there is this one person who's like yeah. a person, but also like a symbol of yes, such a yeah. huge thing. It's been, there have been a lot of like moments in my queerness that like I have just like things have happened. Like when I was, when my ex and I broke up, I went to school in Pennsylvania and I was uh, raised in Maryland. So I wanted to drive home. It was like a Wednesday or something. And I was like, I'm going to drive home and have a conversation with my family about what's going on. Cause I just don't want to hide it from them. So I went to go get my car at college and I was so nervous. Cause my dad is very, I mean, he's great now, he, I, but I was like truly like the first gay person he knew. So he was just very confused. You know, he was like, you just got a relationship I don't understand. Da, 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 da. So I was so nervous to go home and talk to my family about this. Um, just like thinking about that two hour car ride home now is just like terrifying. But like I went to go get my car and as I was going to get my car, my car was getting towed. And I was <laughs> like, no, no, no. It's like they were literally putting the thing on my car. And I was like, no, 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 you can't, you can't. I'm here, I'm here. Please don't tow my car. And they were like, sorry, we have to tow it. I was like, shit. So then I went to my friend and then she drove me to go get my car. And I was like, we'll have to pay this huge ass fine now and then go home and talk to my parents who aren't supportive at the time of me being gay. I'm like, this is just like the worst day ever. So like so many like interesting moments happened for me when it comes to my queerness that were like symbols, you know, being like, this is going to be bad. This is going to be good. Like just like crazy things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you get, well, the crazy thing too is it's like, you in you choose to interpret those symbols it's like are you going to interpret the towing symbol (laughs) or are you going to interpret the magical man symbol right 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 yeah it's it's crazy but those i mean it's definitely the moment in my life where like like something switched to me where i was like oh my god this person has been inside of me that i didn't even know and i can just be my my 1000 percent self um which is like magical if you think about it um and like ever since then it's been like what like what was that 2014 26 like six ish years six five years um which really is not a long time when you think about it but like yeah i've been the best years of my life you know because like i'm just like totally myself and like i have dated people who are uh, also queer and like they get what i've gone through and like things like that's been really really nice so yeah when was this in 2014 do you remember um, it was, uh, right at the start of my school year. So it was maybe October. I think it was like the first week of October. I consider like my like 
coming out day when I that the day I drove home to my parents. Uh, I consider that like my coming out day. I think it was like October eighth. I think maybe I think something like that. That's crazy because let's see, October eighth to twenty second is four. So two weeks later, I was in a coma. No way. Yeah, yeah. So we have our our moments coincide. Very interesting. our moments. That yeah. is interesting. <laughs> Like who? What was in the water in October of twenty whatever? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, wild. Okay, so last thing, it's a one question lightning round. Okay. I just want you to kill one thing, just okay. one thing in culture or daily life that you wish would die, and oh. and it doesn't have to be big. It's probably better if it's not like, you know, <laughs> violence or right, hatred right. or something. Right. Something I would kill. Oh my God. I, or you I don't have to think about killing it yourself. You can just like allow it. it to perish from the earth. Okay. Uh, I love that. Um, let's see here. Something, um, man, oh man. I think I would have to go with um, people. Oh, damn. This is tough because there's so many things that I don't like. <laughs> I yeah I I get that I'm in that boat. You know what it is? I would, and this is like sort of like stupid, but like I would get rid of snakes. I have a mm. huge phobia of snakes. I had I had a time in when I was little where to make a very long story short, I was like in fourth grade and I was sitting in a car on the highway and a snake crawled up the side of my window. Uh, while we were on the highway and almost like came into my lap on in the car and I obviously freaked out and like screamed and like jumped into my sister's lap in the back seat but like ever since then maybe it's just the Irish person in me because they're like no snakes in Ireland I just hate snakes whenever I see one I like have a panic attack so I would get rid of those little motherfuckers I don't like those guys (laughs) love it they're stupid I don't like them (laughs) That's the show. Thanks for listening. This is This Is Your Afterlife. That was Dairy Queen. You can follow her at Dairy Queen Haha on Instagram and Twitter. That's D E R R Y. And you can follow me at This Is Dave Marr on pretty much everything. I don't know why I say pretty much. I guess I'm not on Pinterest. Everywhere else, follow me. Go to my website, thisisdavemarr.com. Sign up for that newsletter that I mentioned earlier, Hella Immaculate. I'm very proud of it. And subscribe, rate, review the show. Doing those things is very meaningful to me. So thank you. And I will talk to you in the next episode. You are human. Only human. Only human.